What's happening, Hardscapers? This is the How to Hardscape podcast where we help you start and grow your hardscaping business. And today you're going to be listening to the very first I Am a Hardscaper Roundtable Rally, where we bring back previous guests of the I Am a Hardscaper series. These guests have been through the initial interview, the roundtable, and are now coming back bi weekly on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern to talk about a specific topic and to dive in deep with those we go live on our youtube channel so check out our youtube channel how to hardscape so that you can join in on these live roundtable rallies now being that we are in a busy season right now and a lot of guys have a lot of commitments already we may or may not be going live on those days so check out our instagram channel to be able to check whether or not we will be actually going live on that day goal is to be able to do so but sometimes we won't be able to do so based on our commitments and that is just what it's like to be a business owner now, I also want to say that to be able to support this and to get more of this content, you really need to go check out each of these individuals' channels as well, whether that's on Instagram, definitely on Instagram, and wherever else you can find these people, go check them out, follow them, interact with them, thank them for joining us here, because without them, there is no I am a hardscaper series roundtables and and everything that we've got going on with them. So go to each of these individual channels that you're going to be hearing on this episode, give them a follow, give them a like, show them some support and thank them for their time. Now, being that this audio is stripped directly from a live video, the audio is not going to be the same quality as you would find in our regular scheduled podcast episodes. So just be clear on that, that this may have a little less audio quality, but the quality content is still there. So let's jump right into it. What's happening, Hardscapers? This is the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk to you about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And today, we have our very first roundtable rally with returning guests, Mike of Paver King. Mike, thanks for joining us here. Oh. And we've got Matt Heiner of Heiner Outdoor Living. Matt, thank you so much. And Josh Sutton of Sutton Outdoors. Josh? How you doing? And Dan Wasson of Wasson Nursery. How we doing? Thanks for having me. Jordan of DPR. Glad to be back. Caleb Amon of Amon Landscapes. How you doing? Thanks for having me. And Craig Scheller of Scheller Outdoor Living. Thank you. It's good to be here. And we've got Tony Zambito of Group Zamco or Zamco Group. Tony, good to see you. <laughs> I got to go bilingual in Quebec. So. <laughs> Very good. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and to return for this live segment of the round table rally, as it was so elegantly put by Josh Sutton of Sutton Outdoors. Thank you for that name, Josh. And basically what I want to do with these is do a deep dive into a very specific topic every other week and to get everybody's opinions on things i know we're going to disagree on some things here and there uh and i hope that comes out in the best way possible so that we can take away things from this group and also help those tuning into this whoever might be tuning into this and uh and push this industry forward together and i thought what better way to start than with goal setting for 2021 and how you budget those into your business 
And I figure we'd start off with the wins from 2020. What worked well in your business in 2020? What did you experiment with? What did you implement? And what worked well last year for your season that you're going to continue this year? Or you're going to tweak a little bit this year to really uh, get that going in your business. So whoever wants to start us off with what they think uh, worked best in their business last year. Well, I mean, uh, sorry, I guess I'll start it off, but I guess um, it's bad to say, but I think COVID really worked in all of our favors. <laughs> I know it's been a terrible worldwide, but for our industry, it, it not that it helped us specifically, but it definitely opened people's eyes to the value of indoor, uh, outdoor living um, and bringing the indoors outside, right? Because people can only spend so much time inside. They're actually investing in their yards more so than ever before. So I think that there was an added value um, to all of our projects this season just due to the whole sentimental aspect of it, people spending time together. Yeah, I, can't, I, I don't think anybody would disagree that definitely uh, it did work in this industry's favor, especially that we get to work outside and we're not in somebody's house uh, developing their house or, or revamping their house. Yeah, absolutely. Any, any other takeaways from 2020 for you guys in your business? I think that was, I mean, to second off of that, that's, that's a big chunk of, of a surprising factor for us. Uh, what went really right on top of that, you know, everyone was wanting, um, you know, you know, things at home, patios, pools, pergolas, but on top of that, we were able to expand on our design fee. Um, it was, you know, it, people um, uh, didn't bat an eye to it. And uh, we've been trying to slowly grow the design fee, um, you know, over, over a long term. And um, it just, uh, it was, it was it made it so much, COVID brought all that out and made it um, so much, um, I'm looking for the word, but it, it was in people's minds. They were all, they were ready for it. And it, it helped us. It helped us do that. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's bedtime around here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no worries. And uh, yeah, getting into designs and, and leveraging off that. Anybody want to talk about that further or other things in their business that really worked well in 2020? Uh, we had a oh, whoever was going. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, I uh, you know for us we bought the triaxle dump truck in the fall of 2019 and had struggles with it off the get-go but uh for 2020 we worked it every single day of the season didn't park it one day so um you know for us i we had anticipated three four days a week we rolled it five days a week and it's still working every day now so you know for us in 2020 that was a huge win our like our, our launch into sort of a trucking division um that for us was a big win last year very happy with it. Any other services, anything else that you that anybody else implemented in their business or continue off what Paver King said there or anything else that was uh, that worked well in your business last year? Well, I started my business in 2020. <laughs> so uh, unlike some of you guys, uh, I mean, I've been in, I've been in the industry a long time, but um, I was in distribution and sales for about five years and uh was kind of getting an itch to get back in and you know I, I talked to Josh quite a bit and some other guys in the industry and I was traveling you know the whole country and uh, just and talking to others and networking and, and really seeing that the industry was taking off uh, especially in 2020 so I figured um, I was kind of wanting to ease my way back into it maybe start up right about now you know like February or March and try to get into a business and 
I just really felt like I needed to pull the trigger last July. So uh, I was very surprised at how, how quickly it took off and uh, how busy we are already and the type of projects we're, we're landing. Um, I, it's completely blown me away. So 2020 was a um, what I consider to maybe be a struggle and, and you know, and, and trying to get my, my feet wet in the business again was actually very surprising. It's been, it's been very uh, rewarding, honestly, from the get go. So that's been pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you something we, we did today that I know a handful of people have been doing all of, you know, 2020 and, and my, my good buddy, uh, Jeremy Swihart out in Dayton J squared outdoors has been doing uh, a lot of zoom meetings and zoom consults with clients. We did our first one today on a, on a design consult. And I thought it, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll say this. It was a lot more fluid than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the client texted us. It, it snowed. We got like eight inches of snow right now in, in Southeast Ohio. So it's, it's, it wasn't conducive to an outdoor meeting today. It was really cold, like 15 uh, Fahrenheit in Ohio anyways. And, um, and we did, so we did one of those meetings today and it was, it was a lot more fluid than I thought it was going to be. They texted us a bunch of photos of their property prior to snow um, and we've got great, of course, like GPS images from a handful of sources. And then we just, we walked through our design process and, uh, we're going to come up with an initial concept right off the bat. And, uh, so that I was really hesitant to do anything like that last year. And again, doing it this year already, it's, that was a lot more fluid than I thought it was going to be. So if, if we need to proceed that way coming, going forward, uh, I'm, I'm a lot more, um, open to it let's say you know going forward in 2021 here so that was cool some it, I'm, I'm way behind the game there but it was cool well caleb um i honestly i think that that's the future of our industry and it's uh, like you said it actually does work out pretty well because we have so much access to like ways of sending pictures even if they're large files there's stuff like dropbox and whatever so many different uh, programs out there but um, yeah, definitely the Zoom uh, consults uh, will free up a lot of our time because right now is I mean, we have the work, we don't have the time. So as much a time, as much time that we can save as possible uh, is definitely a big plus. So yeah, I'm really a big fan of the Zoom uh, meetings with clients when you don't absolutely have to see them in person. That that was huge for me, and I didn't I didn't leverage that in my business this year until literally last week when I had a customer that I wanted to get their product in and placed, and we had a few issues with their design. And literally uh, a Zoom meeting, showing their design, and just a few clicks just cleared everything up. As opposed to, and we can't right now because we're actually in lockdown. Driving out there, meeting with them, showing them. Uh, yeah, just piggybacking off of that, that was huge. And, and Heiner, being a, a big design guy as well, is we're sticking on designs. Did you implement that in your business, uh, those virtual meetings with design work? Funny enough, we, we were already doing it before COVID, you know, having people pick, um, send us pictures and that kind of stuff. But I really started doubling down on doing concept sketches on the iPad and just using the pencil and um, sketching that way because you can just use Google Earth and zoom right in, take a quick screenshot, trace their backyard, start drawing. It just added instant credibility uh, to the process as well. People just seeing the technology fly and just seeing you know that happen, it got people a lot more excited about their project as well. We're we're in the, uh, getting ready to start a large project, and uh, it's a it's a quite a ways from where we we are based. So. Um, 
So we did two Zoom meeting, two Zoom follow-up meetings, uh, just on some design changes and selections of the product, which saved us a bunch of time. I was able to get uh, my designer and myself and the customer uh, two different times on meetings. Uh, we presented the design that way. We also did follow-ups on on Zoom, which saved us a great great deal of time. So that was it's been great for me as well because I'm uh, as a lot of us were wearing a lot of hats, so it, it does save time on the, the meeting itself. It was, it's kind of nice coming from doing pictures pre-COVID to now in the middle of this. It, it made it a lot easier to just kind of get people to adapt and, and accept just sending photos in and having that initial concept either via Zoom or just on the phone and just looking at those. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's almost like they don't want you coming to your house. And so sending the pictures kind of turned it into just a, a way to streamline the process, have everything just fall into place and and for them to feel like you're not just some weirdo that just is just trying to push them off and not wanting to come out for free. So I feel like that's really helped save us as an industry a bunch of time. So post-COVID world, does does the implementation of Zoom and these video calls, uh, are you going to implement this further into your business? Are you going to continue to embrace this in your guys' businesses? Or once this is all over, are you going to go back to uh, meeting in person as much as possible and showing them the designs in person so that they have that experience? Um, yeah, I'm going to piggyback kind of off of what everyone's saying here. But um, I just had an experience recently where I sent the client uh, three different concepts um it seemed like they were going for a concept that i wasn't as fond of um and they were pushing that concept because of the cost efficiency um however when i put them on zoom and i was able to really explain to them you know what those what the new design actually brought to them um and how it you know how it benefited over other designs um the thing i really like about it and i think people have kind of vaguely touched on it but the sharing your screen option. Um, so I can share my screen and I can walk it through with them live. Um, basically just like I would be at their kitchen table or so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly see a huge benefit in that because for me, you know, I have my landscape design software in front of me and I can make really quick changes as I'm going about it. So, you know, for instance, we were talking about shed location um, and orientation of the shed and so on and so forth. So I can basically pull that shed, move it and show them how it looked in different aspects of the job, which ultimately they went back to our original plan, um, which is what I wanted them to do. But I think it, uh, I think it's beneficial in that way and showing people things in real live time. Uh, so yeah, I myself have just started leveraging the benefits of Zoom recently, um, especially being the snow season and so on and so forth. But um, I, I do see benefits to it going forward 100. percent We'll probably adopt um, a hybrid program. Um, I'm I'm I've always been a big fan of being in person, looking someone in the eye. I can have a drawing down on a table. I can be sketching and and uh, showing them what, what's going on. Um, you know, we, we break our, our design process into a couple different appointments. And um, we, one of them we call a progress meeting. The progress meetings are, are really easy to do through Zoom. They know where our head's at. We can give rough budgets. Um, I'd really like to keep 
trying to do some in person because I just feel like that's just the sales side of me being able to 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 be in person under the right circumstances, of course, with with COVID and all that. Um, so we'll probably um, do a little bit of both. Uh, it's it's um, you know both of them are good, I think, and it's just I think whatever style um, that you're used to, I think is is one to to go for. Uh, a bit of both too. You know, uh, I like bringing people in. I mean, we have a golf cart. Our location's right in the middle of the stone yard. So we try and make the design process a little bit more of an experience. And we're even uh, taking it a step further and doing more display gardens and little mini patios with different types of water features just to kind of showcase the different styles that we can tap into. Uh, people, I think people are going to buy in a heck of a lot more if, if they can touch, feel, and, and just you know, just hear that sound. There's some things that just Zoom can't do or Instagram can't do that, you know, and, you know just see the quality of just kind of slowing down and, and, and enjoying the space a little bit more. So I look forward to this being, being gone and over with personally. That being said, do you, do you guys find with those meetings that you have with these designs, there's a logistical problem in, in terms of uh, getting those customers to come in live to speak with you? Or is this something that you've worked around in terms of scheduling with your yourselves, your employees? It's the world now. I think everyone's so uh, used to Zoom meetings. I've had Zoom meetings with everyone, with my accountant, for uh, suppliers, with literally everybody. It's all Zoom meetings now. So I think that at the beginning of all this, uh, it was hard to get people to, to get on Zoom and all that just because it was new. But it's just so second nature now that I feel like um, it's definitely a lot simpler than it was a year ago or even you know six months ago. Do you guys hear me well, by the way? Because like, I don't know what the background noise is over here. <laughs> Anybody else have any other things that they want to touch on? Things that worked really well in their business last year, big wins last year in 2020. I, we implemented Profit First for the first time, which was huge for us. We uh, were more profitable this year with more work. So we raised our our margins and people kept paying. So I needed a process to uh, harvest those profits. And it's been amazing uh, just having the separate bank accounts to put that money in and keep track of everything and have our equipment expenses and taxes and my pay. Everything's already set out in smaller plates so i used to do with a you know you get the hundred grand in your bank account think you got all this money to go buy a skid steer or something and then you realize that money's already allotted to taxes or you know other things that that money's earmarked for so just splitting it out into all the different accounts has helped me so much and it's encouraged me to uh keep driving to build that profit account up and now i've got the money in there when i do like bought a mini excavator like that replaced a couple guys on the crew, which we were fighting the, uh, you know, all the uh, unemployment benefits that the government was giving out. We we lost a couple guys that wanted to stay home, and we hired some guys that just wanted to work long enough to get unemployment. When I fired them, because they were bad hires, but I took the PPP loan, and I was trying to keep my employee level up, so that kind of backfired on me, <laughs> and uh, we got the money. But now we're you know we're down those guys that we had when we we're uh, signed up for the loan. So we're still trying to work that out. And I'm like, now we're coming back to hiring season again for our summer and, and fall season coming up here. It's going to be busy again, but just getting those uh, basic accounting profit first systems. And I just went ahead and hired a consultant because I had put it off for 
a couple of years. I read the book a long time ago and never actually took the initiative to implement it. I was kind of overwhelmed with it all. And then they just put it all into simple terms and sent me the allocations based on our finances and our goals. And we've just been applying that. We allocate our funds to the accounts on the 10th and 25th each month. And it just feels good to put that money right into the bank account instead of just watching it slip through your fingers. You work so hard and then it's the end of the year and it's always uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, where did all the money go? I'm like, we did a lot of work and not a lot to show for it. So it's made my family life. My wife's much happier to see the money coming in and definitely staying with us and not just blowing on toys and different things we think we need. It forces us to tighten up our uh, expenses quite a bit and decide if we actually need something or not. So it, that was a, a great addition to how we run our company. So uh, services, designs, and systems in your business are all things that you, you guys have mentioned. So what about things that didn't go right in 2020? Things that uh, backfired on you, things that you tested within your business and you won't do, be doing going forward, or just that common trend of uh, labor in trying to find labor. What are those things in 2020 that just did not go right for you and your business? As, as someone starting out, I, uh, I kind of talked about this on the podcast with you, but um, I was chasing every lead that I could get. And, I, and as soon as people heard that I was getting back into installing, I, I had so many referrals from friends and even contractors and distributors uh, for people that were you know too busy or looking for something. And uh, we, we were able to get, a fiberglass pool uh, dealership uh, as part of our our business. So we're um, we just had a lot of things, and I was I was chasing bids like crazy, and and not really even sure where my finances were, what I, where I needed to be. I was trying to guess, and I think some things that backfired for me were I did a couple jobs that were a little too low, um, you know, just not just forgetting all the things that go into it, of course, uh, but also not valuing my time. Um, and not qualifying leads ahead of going out. So I have, um, I've since started qualifying my leads a lot better, uh, but I was just so worried about getting work, and getting things rolling. Um, so I, I would just say that valuing my time and, and uh, doing a bunch of bids that didn't end up working out and spending a lot of, a lot of man hours on that. So Definitely. I learned a little bit from that in the first month, probably. So gotcha. luckily I learned fast. Thanks. I think a lot of us learned to value our time that we never did as business owners uh, this year, just because it was such an influx of clients and demand that um, we couldn't possibly sit with everybody. We couldn't possibly be everywhere at once. So I think that we all really learned to value our time. Because I think as a business, one of the biggest things we don't value our time, we don't put a monetary value to it. And, you know, I, I've kind of figured that I, I have an X amount that I think I'm worth an hour. So, um, but this year taught me that, and I definitely want to make sure that uh, I'm compensated for my time, obviously by like charging for designs, which I never did before. Uh, this year opened the door to a lot of that. It allowed us to charge for designs just because we had so many to do that it came down to saying, you know what, if you're serious, then you'll pay for it. Um, and it's not like we're, we're being broke, so we'll ask for anything that's unrealistic or just has to be paid for our time. So yeah, definitely valuing our time was a big, big thing that uh, came out of 2020. Yeah, I'm going to um, kind of 
build off of what uh, Craig said there. Um, I I kind of made the mistake at the beginning of the year of um, possibly undervaluing how much people would invest in outdoor living spaces um, and took the wrong jobs. Um, so I too was a little bit concerned about making sure that my crew was busy, that uh, the business was busy, that our machines were paid for, that our payroll was paid for, stuff like that. Um, so I, I took the wrong jobs at probably about halfway through the year uh, because we started booking so fast at the beginning. Um, I was taking the wrong jobs. Um, and I quickly realized that, but we were taking the wrong jobs and we... We weren't like we were still just as profitable as far as the percentage standpoint, but we were taking smaller jobs than our company is equipped for. Um, so with the amount of equipment and so on and so forth that we have and the employee wages, um, we were taking the wrong jobs. Uh, so that, that was a big thing for me. And then obviously like just employees, it's a continuous struggle, uh, for us with employees. Um, so we're still trying to find the right balance for employees. We do have pretty good incentive programs in place. However, uh, we hired five guys last year, all five guys ended up leaving us at some point through the year. We brought one guy back um that we knew we shouldn't have brought back but we brought him back and ended up having to let him go as well um so continuous struggle with employees but um i think the main lesson learned last year was um as you know tony and craig have touched on is know your value um know you know what jobs work for your company. Um, there's no need wasting your time on jobs that don't work for the, the size of your company or infrastructure of your company. Uh, so that was a big, that was a big learning point for us. I think what went wrong with, um, with us last year is, is we didn't stick to the process. Um, we have a lot of processes that um, we put in place with the team and uh, it got busy. You know, we thought we weren't going to be busy at first. And then everything just exploded. And every process we made, we just kind of threw out the window. It was, uh, we, were, we were chickens with our head cut off at some point. And uh, myself included. And, and as owners, we're probably the worst ones. Uh, we make all the processes here in the spring. And we're like, we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And uh, we end up you know, being the worst ones and breaking the process. And that's, that's the thing that, that we just, you know, we got busy and, and every process we made, we just, we didn't do it. And, um, you know, now we're, we're trying to get back on track. So. I'd say for me, Amen to that. <laughs> I waited too long to um, pay attention to uh, which leads were actually turning into jobs and where I was spending my marketing dollars. It wasn't until the beginning of January this year that I took a look at that and, and you know, out of the 120 some Google leads that we got and the, you know, 30,000 plus that we spent getting them, that equated to like two small jobs out of the 2 million we did in business. And so that was, that was eye-opening that, I mean, that, that could have been dollars that we put to something else and or recategorized and, and not to mention 100 leads, 100 phone calls, you know, that we were spending, you know, just wasting our time too. So looking at that sooner than later.
we uh like our biggest i guess punch in the face like i've punched myself in the face a lot of times in 30 years and you know that this year i was rushing through stuff and i was tired and i'm old and i someone asked me to pull an item out of a project and it was attached to a retaining wall that we needed and you know i pulled out the whole item because i had it all as one item in the original quote and I didn't put the retaining wall back in and I closed the job and I signed the deal and we got there and demoed the backyard and I was like, fuck, we need a retaining wall here. <laughs> this is not good. And so I, you know, I, whatever, it was a $5,000 hit to us and I took it hard. Like, you know, you don't learn your lessons if you don't pay for them. So can't go back to the client on a signed deal. And so I, you know, I know better than to do stuff at two o'clock in the morning when I'm tired, but uh, I did it anyway. So it was a, it was a $5,000 lesson that we learned that I learned. And, uh, you know, so it was a valuable lesson to learn again. Although I think I've learned it 10 times before and I'll probably learn it next season, but it, uh, you know, I think that was our biggest, you know, sort of thing that went sideways for us. And that was a hundred percent on me. I had nothing to do with anyone else. So. I struggle with the, uh, Oh, I'm well, you know, well, while you're here, you know, and I, you know, the things that you just like, oh yeah, we'll take care of that for you. <laughs> and then it turns yeah. out you know, a 10 hour job or something. And you're like, oh geez. So yeah. I, I used to do that. <laughs> I used to do that so much. It was probably my biggest vice um, when I first started was literally that. It was constantly like, oh, you know what? Uh, don't worry. I'll take care of that for you. Or I'll take care of that for you. I would, extra material, extra time, whatever it is. And it, it took me like years to finally put my foot down and say, that's what, why, why do I owe that to anybody? Um, you know, it's nothing wrong with doing something nice for a client, but I think that what we offer them is a service and not necessarily a free service. They're hiring us. If they're willing to kind of persuade us to do things for free, I think it's a, it's a big sign of disrespect for the, the work that we put in. Um, not that they mean it that way always, but you know, a lot of times clients try, that's for sure. Uh, and even the best ones will try to get something. Uh, there's kind of just the, the market and it's, uh, just being in business. And so, yeah, definitely. Uh, I learned that, uh, a while ago. And the second I started, I stopped that and just started saying, you know what you want it, here's the price. And then it's up to the client. If they want to go forward with it, cool. And if they don't, at least you didn't waste time and money. Um, yeah, that was a big factor that played in my profits. Yeah. It, Tony, funny you say that. Like, I I just went through my first almost full year of having an, our, an in-house design salesperson. And so that's been process for me to let go of my sales a little bit and bring in clients that I'm not vetting and that I'm not personally dealing with. And so I'm learning a lot of the, you know, I'm reliving a lot of the mistakes that I made, but I'm letting her make some of those mistakes and, you know, bringing in clients that just want to like take advantage of you while you're out there. And, you know, just a lot of, a lot of little things. And I'm like, wow, I've lived this already. And now I'm just kind of having to train and pour into her to, uh, to, to let her know that, Hey, you're causing this, you're inviting these bad clients into you, into this business, like into, into our clientele. And so that the, the only common denominator is you. And, and when you 
feel those red flags, you know, that's when you have to draw a harder line in the sand with your policies and going over your contract in more detail and, and really kind of make sure that that con, you know, it's funny if you read our fine print, each one of those has a story behind it and it just keeps getting Always. longer and longer. <laughs> and when, when, uh, when it's just you do a little bit better, but when I started letting go and, and letting salespeople kind of represent our brand and our company, it's like, man, I'm really learning that we have to lean into this contract and to these policies even more. You know, I, I came to find out like just, just today, I'm not a big fan of concrete as it is, but it's a, it's a budget option. I, I went out to a job, um, today and the homeowner had gone behind our back and talked to our subcontractor and had him do a smooth finish and changing the forms as the concrete truck was there and all these last minute changes and long story short now the thing has to be ripped out because it was just I don't know it just like that wouldn't have happened had I been in control but now that I've got a designer in place you know, these things she's having to, I'm having to let go and let her make these mistakes and then coach her through it. And we're still having to own it as a company and, and, and get through it as a team. But um, it's, it's, it's funny just the different stages that we're we're going through. And Dan, uh, I'm sure you're, you know, you've got multiple salespeople. I'm sure you could probably speak to that. Yeah, that's, and that's guys, that's the, that's the growing pains. That's if, you know, if you want to scale, I mean, you've got to, you know, Matt, I deal with this, the same thing. You gotta, you gotta let go at some point. And, you know, my other sales reps, you know, they've, they've made some mistakes and they've learned from them and, you know, everyone's getting better. And that's, that's part of it. It's, it's tough though, as an owner too, you know, knowing, you know, like, you know, trying not to micromanage and, and do things for them. You gotta, you gotta let them, let them breathe. And, uh, we've had a, we've had a lot of those mistakes too. And, and, but we've also had a lot of wins. You got to recognize the wins. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's as an owner too, that's what I'm trying to get better at is, you know, we, we, we look at, um, you know, everything that happened that was wrong, really, it's a big deal, but, um, you gotta, you gotta recognize when these guys win, because it's just going to reinforce it and it's going to build them up and they're going to, they're going to bleed for you, you know? And um, so that's, that's something we're, we're, we're trying to get better at. And, and that's part of it is messing up and, and the mistakes is, is, is you want that to happen because that's the only way you're going to learn. And Dan, it seems like you kind of have, you, you built uh, like me, you try, do you try and like build a culture that's, you know, you don't, that you're making it safe to make mistakes and where people aren't afraid that if they make a mistake, their job is on the line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that you don't want that type of culture where people are, are afraid to make a mistake and they're, you, you, um, I told a lot of my staff, like, I, you know, I want you to mess up, you know, let's, let's, every time we have a mistake, we don't want mistakes, but when they are, let's like say, all right, what happened here and how do we stop this from happening again? And that's, that's how we try to approach it. And, and, at, you know, three, four, five years ago, I, I was, you know, probably not as good at taking mistakes. And that's just as growing and having other people in your business that they're wearing your name. 
Um, we're, I'm really trying to, and I'm still working on it. I, I have moments where I see a mistake and I'm like, gosh, come on. How, how'd that happen? What happened there guys? And, uh, you gotta, you gotta grow with them too. I mean, they're, they're growing, trying to build their build stuff for you and you've got to grow with them and, and learn to accept some things that, that, you know, as an owner that, that, um, you know, that they're just going to be there. And, and it's, it's, it's a kind of a two-way street. I think the, the hardest lesson I ever learned managing people was that uh, just because someone does it differently than I would do it, it doesn't make it wrong. It makes it different. And, you know, for me to learn that took, I still learn it every day. Like someone's doing something. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, it's not wrong. It's just different. And it's not necessarily the way I would do it. And that's okay because they're all different people and, and we're all trying to get to an end. And I always say to people, can you tell me why you did it that way? And if you can explain why you did it that way, and it wasn't because I want to get home or I don't care, then I, I accept that and say, okay, but that to get to that point, like you said, Dan, it's a long, mm-hmm. it's a long arduous road to, uh, to get to that point where you can say, it's not wrong. It's just different. It's not the way I would have done it. But um, that was, that's always been a big challenge for me. I know when I was a solo operator, uh, I knew how much stuff I would screw up in a week and I would break or back over, you name it. It's stupid with a capital S. I, and I knew every person, this is one of the few things I could pick up on because I've done plenty of stupid. I, I knew that every person I hired would just multiply that factor, right? And the human element in your company, you're never going to eliminate that of just the human, the human factor of error. And uh, I think the guys that can figure that out the fastest and not fly out the handle when their people mess something up. And like these guys are saying, like, you roll with it. What do we learn from it? How can we move forward from it and not hopefully do it again or do it as bad next time? Uh, just sets you up for scaling if you want to and just that much more success down the road. So. Just, uh, I just want to intervene with a quick question here for uh, Matt and uh, Dan. Um, just like, where was the point that you guys decided that it was the right point for you guys to start expanding your business to get out of the sales process, the design process? Um, this is something I struggle with constantly. Um, personally, I am a more hands-on person. That's how... I used to have a past business partner where I was, I was the partner that was on site. Um, that partner left me. So I took on the admin, the design, the sales, um, part of the business. Um, so obviously I love being on site. It's, it's my passion. Um, however, this is where I'm at and I struggle with the burden of allowing someone to handle my business and wear my name. So, at what point in your business did you guys decide that it was a right point for you to, to jump ship and basically give someone that, that, that responsibility? It's, you know, you got to ask yourself a question. Do you want to be a boss or a leader? You for know, sure. You know, you want, you, um, if you want to lead people and, and, uh, and you step back and, and um, that's, it's, that, that's a tough question. You got to ask yourself what you want, you know, um, I, I want to, I'm having trouble with it too. I, I want to step back and I'm, I, I'm constantly stepping back. Britt, my sales and design guy, he's taken over and killing it. And um, it's, I will say it's nice to, it's, I love seeing them win. 
that's more important now than me winning and you know having these big designs and trying to make the sales so uh, i think i think having watching your employees win is is key for me and that's what's helped me step back because i want to see them win i want to i want to see uh, my i got a younger sales rep jose and and he just sold one today and he was so excited so those are moments that um i found that i i was worried at first but now i'm i i enjoy they come and ask me questions they say hey let's look at this design run this through with me do you think this works and i can give some insight i can um i can uh help them out and it's you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like I am still on the design board, but I'm able to give guidance and I'm able to um, look at other things in the company and help run the company. And I'm not running around um, like I used to, I used to work crazy hours, didn't see my family. And um, now I'm able to, to step back and, and hopefully these guys are, are learning from me and, and they're able to take on more. And, and, you know, I, I think, the, that was probably a long-winded answer, but I would say step back and look and 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 what do you want to, you know, what do you want? Some people might want to be outside 24/7, and you might want to hire someone to run the business, or it might be vice versa. I think you got to ask the question first: is what do you want? Yeah, no, that's good feedback. I'd add to that, like, I mean, go ahead, whoever. Uh, sorry, it's me. I'm in the dark over here because I'm actually driving, so I have to shut the light. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, for me, it was really a point where I had to decide what I wanted to uh, leave to my kids. Because uh, from the beginning, I've always said that I'm building this business and I'm building this brand for my kids if they choose to go that route. And if they don't, then I've had a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Um, but, you know, being so hands-on and doing everything yourself, I could only teach them the trade. I can't leave them kind of like um, a package or, or something that they can build off of more than just knowing how to build awesome landscapes. Um, you know, and I have a son and a daughter, so not to say like what maybe maybe my one or the other will want to be more office or or more field or whatever the case is. You can't do that if you're limited to only being on the job and only building. Uh, so I definitely wanted to broaden the, the business to something where I could concentrate on expanding it as well to, to different areas of real estate, whatever the case is. Definitely from day one, my goal in this has always been to build a legacy for my children and to build something for my children. So this is really where I need to step back and understand that I need to put the right people in place and another big factor, and it's morbid to talk about, uh, and my wife hates when I have this conversation, but I say, I always say, you know, like, you never know what happens in life. And should, for whatever reason, knock on wood, something happen, you know, my family has to eat. So I need to figure out a way uh, to establish, you know, uh, procedures and put the right people that this company can keep going. Uh, at least for a little while, you know, if I were not capable. Um, so that's kind of where I opened my eyes to say, like, I can only be a lone wolf for so long because if I'm not here, my family can't eat. So it's a, it's a big mishmash of things, but for mm -hmm. sure, I had to step back and have the right people in place 
uh, and I can't stress that enough. I know I keep repeating it, but I can't stress it enough, is have the right people in place. The wrong person will destroy. Having some uh, internet issues over there in Quebec right now. So, Tony, we're going to pass it over to Matt. I'm going to add to that, like hiring is a skill and it's not something that sucked at it at first. And so you got to give your, yourself a couple things to add to that. That first step is scary, you know, and, and, you know, investing in people is just like, just as important as investing into that next piece of equipment. And oftentimes you're going to want to hire that person before the budget allows for it. But if you hire the right person, they're going to, you know, pay for themselves. And if they're not paying for themselves and if they're not a good culture fit, then we've all heard the term slow to hire, quick to fire. You got to get them out quickly. If it's not, you got to do yourself a favor and you got to do them a favor and let them find a job where they're going to be able to succeed and flourish if it's not going to be in your company. So, you know, spend some time and dial in your core values of who you are and what you're about and where you're going with your company, because that's how you're going to be able to bring somebody into your company and get them excited about where you're going together. And that's when you're going to be able to lead them to that next step. And then you're going to want to set proper goals and expectations of what winning looks like. So when you do bring them in, you can set, you know, A players, winners, they want to fly. They don't want to be micromanaged. So you got to give them a platform to where they can perform and they can do their job. And you got to be able to have some accountability to, you know, show them what winning looks like, whether that's sales, gross profit, you know, we can, that's probably a different topic for another night, but yeah, that's what I would add to that. Speaking, going off of what you just said there, um, you know, I, I heard identifying where you want to take your business, who that next hire is, which is among goal setting in your business. And that also comes into exactly what you said there. Sometimes the budget doesn't allow it, but you identify a space that you want to grow and you go for it. Um, goal setting in 2021 for your business, what does that look like? Uh, and how did you identify that that was your goal in your business? Uh, Dan and Matt, you were talking about hiring there. And, uh, and how do you know who to hire? Who to hire next? Is that part of goal setting for the year? And what does that look like for your budget as well as everyone else? What equipment are you going to buy this year? What systems are you going to implement? Anything in terms of goal setting? And what does that look like in terms of how did you identify that was the space in your business that you were going to improve for this year? Um, as far as um, like you mentioned, like hiring um, and goals, like we, we sit down with the team and, and we analyze what, um, what parts we're missing, what parts we want to get better at. And um, we make sure it works within our, our new budget. And we, we try to budget that salary, even though they're not hired yet, we try to budget that into um, our, our 2021 budget. And um, we work on a success profile of, you know, what that, what we want this person to be like and, and, and their, their attributes and what, what would make them successful. And then we, um, then we, we start with the process of, of, um, you know, the interview and all that. 
Um, and that's, I mean, we're looking for a few spots now that we've had some meetings and we've made the success profiles. And I think that's where you need to start with on, on hiring is, is, you know, you know, you got to fit it into the budget somehow. And like Matt said, it's, it's, you know, you don't, sometimes you don't know if you're going to be able to cover them, but if they're a good fit, you'll, you'll find a way. Um, that's, that's how I would approach. And that's how we approach hiring. Um, I would say as far as goal setting, um, back to kind of what I said, uh, earlier, um, our, our main goal this year is just to stick with the process. We're, um, you know, every process we make, we need to stick to it and be consistent. And when we're consistent with processes and it's a routine, we're successful. And, um, when we don't do any of those, uh, it's a bad day. So that's, um, me trying to be, you know, as an owner, trying to be real simple with the process and have us follow them. So I don't know if that answered, that was, I don't know if that answered all your questions or not, but. I had a lot in there. That was a really long winded question, but it goes to everyone. And uh, yeah. How do you, what, what goals did you set for 2021 in your business? If you haven't already. Um, and how did you identify those goals in terms of that's the space in your business that you are going to improve for 2021? What steps do you take in place there? Uh, whoever wants to continue with that. So we have a, like, I don't ever want to work in an office and not work in the field. Like, I want to die with a shovel. So, so we have a um, controlled growth plan, and we look for opportunities where we can grow that don't absorb mass amounts of my time. And so we go and look at all the different divisions we have and how much of that time is being absorbed for me having to take care of it. So, you know, the trucking division for us doesn't absorb a ton of my time. I got to book the truck, deal with the maintenance, but it's not like I need to be with the truck every day, all day to have it out earning. Um, so we, and then we set aside money for opportunity. Um, so, you know, we had an opportunity to buy a tandem roll-off truck. Uh, so we bought it because we saw an op we saw the opportunity to buy the truck. We had the money set aside for an opportunity, not necessarily that one. And then we have, we know we have clients for that truck already. Um, one of our main clients has been bugging us to buy a truck like that for two years. So, um, and then in terms of hiring someone, you know, we have a, we have really good experience with hiring women. So we try to promote that in our business. Um, and we try to create an inclusive culture to make sure that, you know, everyone in Durham region knows that if you're a woman and you want to work in a landscaping position, you call us. So um, before we, I literally signed the deal for the truck and we had a, a woman randomly apply with the, the right license looking for a job driving the truck. Um, but I think that's because we created that environment that would invite the right people to come to us and not necessarily have us looking for them. Uh, well, like the truck that I'm in right now, my portable office. Uh, sorry, guys, I, I got cut off before. Just whole internet went garbage. But um, yeah, I mean, I said I'm looking for a driver for this truck in the summer. and I'm definitely more uh, towards hiring a woman. Uh, I mean, you, you have definitely more experience with it. But from what I've seen and from what I've acquired from other people that have hired women to drive the uh, four axles, triaxles and all that is they're, they're so much more careful with the truck for one 
and uh, they work a hell of a lot harder. So, yeah, definitely, um, I think our industry's kind of shifted that way where there's a lot more women working in the field than, than ever before. So it's kind of it's kind of cool in that aspect. For us, uh, something that's driven our goal for 2021 is uh, scheduling the kind of jobs we want and not just like this time of the year when the schedule's not booked up like we would like it to be you know, you get scared and you just want to book up everything you can, right. And make sure you got the schedule booked out. And we're, so we're trying to hold, hold our cards, hold our hand and wait for the onslaught of, of desperate work. I guess you could say of people that, you know, have waited too long. Uh, Evan Kohler said this really good deal down on, on Instagram somewhere. I was talking about your biggest asset is availability. And if you're available, you can, cherry pick those jobs that are desperate to have you there, probably going to pay a higher premium for them. And uh, I, I've taken that to, to really try to hold off and really pick through the leads that are coming in this time of year to try to stave off as much as I can stomach the uncertainty uh, scheduling out into the future. And um, that, that's been a big thing for me going into 2021 here is trying to hold off um, on that. And then uh, buying a shop and building a facility, we're renting a, a facility at the moment that's under under um, under capacity for what we need and for inventory and fuel tanks and things like that that's just killing us nickel and dime uh, you know uh, straws that are breaking the camel's back kind of deal and so we're trying to lock down a piece of land build a facility to have better inventory uh, fuel cells on site and stuff like that so those are our two big goals and the goals are driven essentially by friction in the company now so things that are, are causing uh, jams and friction, we're, we're setting our goals going forward to get rid of that kind of friction in the company. So, Yeah, I mean, um, I'll jump in here. Um, our goals this year really are just to um, track our hours better. Uh, so similar to how Dan mentioned, we had a bunch of processes going into 2020 and we wanted to hit all of our processes and then – for whatever reason, this, that, and the other, they all hit the fan. Um, and nothing really happened as planned. So for this year, I'm really trying to track our processes, uh, track our hours, uh, use my partner that's on site full time to, to track those hours so that I can look back at these jobs, you know, whether it be a flat patio, whether it be a patio that's elevated, so on and so forth, look at the man hours that are associated to every single aspect of that job and be able to know confidently that when I quote the next job that I, you know, miss on the last one or I overquoted on the one before that, so on and so forth. Um, so that's a big thing for us this year. Um you know how I'm going to achieve that is I'm going to add um, an extra employee, not saying because, you know, we all go through that um, employee turnover, but um, if that employee sticks around, that's great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But the whole goal is for my partner, Derek, to do a lot more managing 
and a lot more tracking while he's on site than um, than actual working. Um, so that's a huge goal for us. I mean, I don't use any fancy software. I don't use LMN. I don't use these things. Um, I'm a paper and pen guy, and so is my partner. Uh, we have sheets printed out. I've you know inputted all of our hours for certain aspects of the job. So it's really just keeping documentation of how long jobs are taking us so that, you know, it's less of a guessing game and it's more of a, I know we can do this with this amount of infrastructure. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, going off of that, I'm trying to hit all of our goals. So, you know, we have an X amount of hours um, in the season uh, that our employees can make. Um, and in order to hit my budget and my profit goals, we need to hit those hours. Um, so whatever I can do to help out um, and hitting those hours, that's kind of what we're trying to do is make sure that we hit all of our billable hours um, and we make the profits that, you know, we deserve to make. Uh, so yeah, those are, that, that's my big goal this year is tracking and hitting hours. Our, our goal is definitely to increase the margins in life, in our business, all areas, profit. So we're just trying to get a little more lean in reducing waste in our processes. Like uh, everyone's setting up their hardscape trailers and whatnot. We've had our trailer for years now, but we pretty much had a dedicated irrigation. So we're going to go far into trying to get that on jobs more frequently. And then uh, just trying to hire one more uh, a good crew leader that can that can run a crew for us to reduce my time in the field and free up a little more margin in my personal life as well my wife's been saying she'd like to spend more time with me for some reason but uh she's uh <laughs> she's uh supporting my goals but they come at a cost too so you got to keep your family in mind as well and my kids and whatnot and uh that's a huge part of my life and why we do what we do. So I have to put that the attention I put into my business. I need to be putting even more into my family and it's kind of been reversed for the last few years. It's like this whole baby I've created on my own and, and she's kind of looking at it from the outside because she works full time on her own career and she's kind of seeing what I'm doing as I go and the frustration. So I want her to experience the fruits of it this year. And so I've just kind of been taking a hard look at, why we're doing what we're doing and where we want to focus. And it uh, seems like we really excel at the hardscapes. We make higher margins. We've been doing a lot of new construction work with a high-end builder in Kansas City, which leads us into the high-end projects because we do the irrigation landscape designs from the beginning. And then it leads into maybe a nice, you know, 60 to $100,000 backyard eventually. So we've been trying to work that out, but having a full-time crew that could just dedicate themselves to the new builds to feed us the, the high-end hardscape work we need and get in the face of those clients uh, is kind of our goal. And again, just uh, making sure my family knows that they're my priority over the business, not to just get that in my mind. Because I even when I'm out on a date, I'll be thinking about a patio coming up or a design I haven't got finished yet or whatnot. It's always in the back of my head when I should be focused on my wife or my kids. So working hard to do that, it's a constant struggle, but it's easy to uh, get carried away with the entrepreneurial spirit I have <laughs> trying to start new ventures and different things. So 
and my <laughs> wife is very supportive probably overly she kind of feeds into it but uh i'm uh my big goals just i want to be like andy Mulder and take a vacation every now and then and put my- <laughs> <laughs> seems every week he's on a vacation <laughs> he took all the money out of the industry there's no money left so. yeah. <laughs> I have to do a bunch of instagram stories too like all day yeah, yeah. <laughs> um diving deeper into budgeting here uh i i've heard marketing i've heard hiring a uh, couple questions just to vary it for everybody here how do you set your marketing budget based on looking at last year and where you're going to put the money this year and how much money are you going to put into it this year? Where does that come from? How does that fit into your budget as well as the strategy of where you're going to go as well as just to vary this so that it appeals to anybody, uh, everybody here and you can choose kind of what question you want to answer. Hiring in your business, are you more reactionary in terms of uh, last, our, our crews are able to do this much work now. So now we can hire a designer or now we can hire a salesperson slash project manager, or are you more so, um, you know, we can hire a, a designer and then we'll kind of build up our crews to that point that they'll be able to, to uh, you know, manage that workload that's going to come in from that designer. It, however you want to run with that uh, and, and either question that you kind of want to go down in terms of either marketing or hiring and what that looks like in your business. Oh, can I go, can I go on that one? Um, I got to so, run. So thank you. Oh. Have a good night, everybody. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you there, Mr. Scheller. I got to no run. Problem. Good night. No thank you for having me, Mike. Caleb. See y'all. Have a good one. Caleb. Um, so I, I, uh, I didn't do hardly any marketing last year as because so I, I got so many referrals as I was getting back in. So um, one thing I was worried about was spending money, you know, just starting out in my business. So uh, one thing that Josh and a couple other people have challenged me on is is my brand and getting that out there. So, um, and just having people know who you are. And and we've started off with some really nice projects, I would say. And if I don't have my brand along with that, then it's it's kind of hard to for people to say, well, who did that for you, or where do I find them, or whatever. So, so I've been focusing this first, you know, the first month of the year on. Um, you know, getting got our truck done. We're, we got a, a quote to get our, our enclosed trailer wrapped. Uh, we have to hold off on that a bit, but we're doing our uniforms and our you know, hats and things like that. And just trying to, I'm hopefully getting to somebody to get my website a little bit better because I'm not, I'm not doing very well with that. But just a good place for people to land and find us and, uh, and know where, where, to, where to find us. And then as far as um, hiring, um, sorry, as far as hiring, uh, I'm actually do, doing that very slowly because I'm, I'm a, I'm a contractor, you know, by, by trade, I got a It's Cody. Mom is busy right now. So, um, so we're, uh, we're trying to do, I'm just focusing on equipment and equipping the employee I have and equipping myself to be more efficient. And, uh, and I'll, I'm still working on the projects. And I, I also did Profit First uh, starting out. Um, so it's really helped me to, to kind of focus on, 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 on being more lean and not just hiring people because I think I need them, but hiring people that are gonna make a difference. And, 
and, and focusing more of my attention on getting the tools and equipment that we needed to start out and then hiring people, you know, to fill the positions and take some weight off of me in the future. So that's kind of the way I'm progressing into that. We've, we've kind of analyzed where um, we think we can um, have more production hours, um, but we need more sales to do that. And in order to have more sales, um, we need to sell more, of course. And right now, some of my, uh, all of my designers are also project managers. So it makes the process for them a little bit longer because after they design, they also run the project. And so what we're doing is we're going to look for some project managers now. Uh, we've gotten to the jobs have gotten to the scale where there are a lot of work, um, you know, after the design. And uh, so we're going to bring in a project, several project managers and work on um, splitting, the, splitting the designer's uh, job just to designing and not running the project. So I think that like in the terms, uh, Mike, of your question, um, when we hire, we try to analyze, you know, um, what we need and what would, uh, what would help us excel and, and, uh, and hit budgets and all that. And, and um, that, so that's kind of our angle of attack for, um, for, for the hiring piece. Um, uh, what, what was the other question? Uh, just in terms of marketing, identifying areas that you're going to move into this year as opposed to last year uh, and how much you're going to spend on that. What, what does that look like for you for budgeting? That, um, that's, a, that's a wild question. We, uh, we came up with a budget figure a long time ago and um, we try to just we try to stick to that because you can you can end up spending a bunch of money really quick on you know your TV your radio hats logos and um, we've got a budget figure and we have a, a director of marketing and that's kind of her goal is to use what is given and do some analytics and some research onto um, you know where where that money is best applied. Right. Um, it's kind of a general question. I get it's. You know, I don't know if I answered it right, but it's 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 hard. It's probably different for everyone here too. It's yeah. that's that's always a tough one because because um, you know uh, you don't know what to spend, um, you know, until you do some research. Yeah, I mean, I can feed off of that. Uh, definitely went in the wrong direction uh, last year as far as marketing. Um, you know, I I touched on several different marketing avenues um, and really learned what worked for us. So. Just for instance, uh, roughly our budget last year was about 30K uh, for marketing. Um, and we have dropped that to about 11,000 this year. Um, just because obviously we're booking much further in advance. Um, so I don't feel the need to heavily invest in that. And I do hold that same value. Um, sorry, I forget who mentioned it earlier. Um, but, you know, the I think it was Caleb actually. Um, you know, the deaths for people will come and they won't be able to find anyone else that has availability. Um, so availability being another marketing tool. Uh so yeah, I mean, we, we've really scaled down our marketing just because of our ability to book further in advance um and tried to focus on, you know the marketing that actually brings in value. Uh, so, you know, we looked at, we went back in the beginning of the year here, we looked at all of our marketing streams and we looked at the ones that brought us in 
not necessarily the most jobs, but the jobs that yielded the highest profits. Um, and that's where we're going to focus our attention this year. Uh, so that's my budget going into this year. Hopefully it'll be less, uh, potentially it could be more, but um, yeah, that that's where we're at as far as marketing goes. We are uh, putting more, I want to revamp our website and get a better higher end image instead of the, you know, we look like, a little small time, more small time than I want to look. So I want to look the part and get the higher end projects and uh, do uh, our due diligence in looking the part more, even our, our, keeping our trucks clean, all the basic stuff. But just want to get away from doing, you know, doing looking like we just do your, your little front yard, retaining walls and whatnot. Like want to be more viewed as the high end custom outdoor builders and creators that we are like that's where our uh that's where our talent lies so i want to just you know in the beginning i was taking everything and people call and they say oh you didn't my friend nancy's front yard and it looked great and i want you to do ours and it's like well this is not who we are anymore so trying to get at get past clients beyond that calling us you know expecting a free design and stuff that we offered in the beginning like like well now we charge and we're trying to get away from these. So I just want to look that part. And I made my own uh, website on Squarespace when I started because it was cheap and easy and it's gotten by and some people think it looks great and it works, but I just, uh, I think we've outgrown that now. So we're moving past that. So it's just uh, keeping, uh, you know, we get a lot of referrals, but even on like when I started, I used Home Advisor and Angie's List, and we were just getting terrible lead after terrible lead. I was going after anything we could get, and I spent a lot of money on some of those avenues, and they just ended up at a dead end. So we pulled back on all that. We're not involved in any of that anymore, which is, it seems like there's 100 people wanting to find work. We can get you leads, but there's never like anyone to like help you find the people to do all the work. So it's like, I don't need... I don't need a hundred people to tell me how to get leads. We've got no problem with that. It's finding people to get it done. So I have a hard time spending too much on marketing when I really need to put that into hiring and maybe, you know, adding some benefits and making our, our company a better place to work, to attract the people to get all the work done. But I think you still have to keep, keep those, keep the funnel full of, of good potential leads coming in you can choose from and you're not you know having to take whatever comes your way so we uh don't have a huge marketing budget but i I do have a line item for uh, to kind of revamp our website and tie it in with our instagram which i'm trying to kind of uh document more of our processes because i've gotten this year seems to be the first year i've gotten a lot of leads through instagram on some really nice projects because they've been following us for the last year and they see who we are, they get to know my personality and the type of work we do. And then they call in and want, you know, a nice backyard like they, they've seen on Instagram. So kind of tying, linking that with our website. So it's all out there, easier to access and uh, just using some of those free resources like social media is a lot of different ways to get your name out there other than, you know, the typical expensive marketing schemes that companies put out there. So yeah. 
Uh, Mike, uh, Matt, or Tony, any words on on those two areas of your business before we kind of close things down here? We, uh, well, go ahead, Mike. Okay. Uh, we uh, we used um, like house. Like I usually don't ever participate in any of those services, and um, but you know with the change in the environment and everyone being locked down, and you know I bid on my own anxiety and we signed up for house and they sent me 40 leads for decks which I, I can't even make that up like they literally sent me lead after lead for decks and I'm like really people like I, like so I mean obviously we're going to cancel this service and traditionally you know my market I'll take those if you want okay. <laughs> I was going to say hey I, I live in your region Mike you I know I'll take them I send you deck leads <laughs> and I do them <laughs> So I mean, for like traditionally for for me, I spend a vast amount of time. And Jordan said like he's from our area, and he would tell you that everyone knows me. Um, I spend a vast amount of time building relationships because I don't believe that Facebook or Google or uh, you know any of these services, Craigslist, Angie's List, HomeStars. I don't believe any of them save you when you're in trouble. I believe that the people you have a connection with and your friends will save you when you're in trouble. So. If I have nothing to do, I have about 10 people I can call and say, hey, man, like I, I got to go somewhere. I need something to do. And, um, you know, they all will, uh, will help us out. You know, Jordan being one of those people, you know, we're, we're plowing snow for Jordan this year. Um, you know, he's helping us out. He's keeping a couple of our machines busy. And that's because take time to build a relationship. So, you know, for me, when I'm driving home from a project, I pick someone off my phone and I give them a call and I talk to them for half an hour, 45 minutes and, build those relationships and then they come back to uh to help us when we really need them you know same as jordan knows he could call me if he if he needed so oh, he's he crushes it so he would never call me but he could if he wanted to right but you know that's i think that building those relationships is our, our style of marketing and it, i don't have a, a particular money budget for it but um you know it's my time and i try to squeeze it in whenever i'm doing something that isn't productive like driving somewhere or um, to build long-term like our biggest client is someone I met from Instagram and then built a relationship with them and now we have one crew that's booked for two years with him straight um, so and then we'll have our residential stuff going on and he takes our trucks and like you know that's from a relationship we built over a long period of time that you know essentially cost me dollar wise nothing time and effort uh, a lot so I mean I, I guess my marketing budget is more how much time do I want to spend on it? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm in the same boat, not, not necessarily 100% same, but um, I have to say I've been very lucky. Uh, we're booked up for the entire 2021 season, so we're actually adding crews just to uh, create availability, um, which, I mean, is an obstacle by itself. But I have to say marketing-wise, if I say we spend 500 bucks a year, that would be exaggerated. Um, you know, I, I, every now and then I would sponsor an ad or sponsor a post or promote or whatever it is. But my business is mostly all Instagram driven. Um, in, in my market, uh, we are in a very niche uh, sector. Uh, we've built that over time with the progress we've been building, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't justify spending any money on marketing right now, just because we have more leads than we could possibly handle, and they're all good leads. They're, I'd say I'm on a like a ninety, 
50% um, uh, good lead uh, ratio right now. So I, I can't, I can't argue with that. Um, so I, I honestly have no marketing budget. Obviously there's money spent on like lettering trucks and stuff, but I kind of, I don't do that necessarily for marketing purposes. I do that just to kind of flex more than anything. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, Instagram for me has worked very well and it's a free platform. And the, honestly, it's just fun. Instagram is fun to do. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, I don't know where you find the time to do it. I, it's, it's on the job. It's not like I stop everyone and say, hey, you know, I want to film this. Can you stop that? Or can you do this? And I'll film. No, it's just grab it as it goes. Plus, I get texts from my wife like, hey, post something. Like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll post it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, all the time, by the way. Most of the posts you see in the middle of the day have like a text behind them saying, Instagram's dry, post something. <laughs> so that that's pretty awesome there but yeah i have to I, I'm, I'm on marketing i can't really say much to it as far as budget and where to spend it because I've, I've been very lucky in the sense that the last three years i have not had to spend a penny on marketing um and and it's worked out well so far but obviously adding clues uh we have the demand for it but who knows you know when you start adding 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 we're in this this explosion of, of leads due to COVID, as I said earlier, but eventually that's going to dry out. People are going to start going on vacation again. And, you know, that's kind of the biggest fear I have with adding crews is that I have all the work for them now, but eventually I know that I will, or I assume I will have to start investing a little bit more in marketing to keep feeding them or just kind of downsize to double what I am now, but half of what I'll be next year. So it's really, that's more of a question to, to answer in uh, the following years than, than right now. I, I wish I had better advice, but I don't because I, I don't fall for that category. Uh, again, luckily, but, uh, I know it's not the, it's not the, the norm. Mm-hmm. And Matt, uh, final words on, on this subject in terms of budgeting, hiring, and marketing. Yeah, as someone that spent a lot of money in marketing in all the wrong places, I would just kind of echo... Um, Social media, choose your platform. Instagram works well for us just because it's, it's very visual. And, you know, the leads, I saw a huge transition last year in our business that leads coming from Instagram are just such higher quality because we already have that relationship with them. You don't, you never know who's watching and, and who's in your area and who's watching and who's, who's going to be ready and when they're going to be ready. So it's crazy to just see that transition and it is free and so but pick one and stick with it and saturate it rather than listening to all these marketing ex- so-called experts that say you got to be on twitter you got to be on youtube this that and all those you know just pick one put all your time to that and you know and, and just have fun with it one one that resonates i'd also say like in this in this time like what kind of what josh was saying was like i've really been focusing on uh um Mark, like, what, what, whenever I put something out, it's, it's a picture or a job that, like, that's the type of work I want. Like, we haven't done a ton of jobs necessarily, but like, don't put out the things that you don't want to do. You know, just because you did the job doesn't mean you have to post a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, like, if you go in the direction you want people to, so I've been doing that, and and I used in my business before we did everything, you know, and it's like. I'd always get these little calls and it's like, oh, I guess we'll come do it or I'll come take a look. And and it, the, the cost of mobilization for some of those things is is almost 
you know, it's the same as doing a, a larger project. So I'm just focusing on the projects I want to do, which is construction type projects um, and and hardscape focused and, and outdoor living. So that's our that's our name, that's our focus, uh, and that's what we're promoting. And that seems to be working well and, and kind of weeding out a lot of calls for for work that we don't really want. So. Um, I'm gonna add one thing that um, kind of contradict myself earlier. <laughs> um, there is actually one aspect that I forgot to mention that we will be uh, spending, I guess you could call it marketing dollars in the sense that uh, we're actually going to be hiring uh, professional photographers this year to take proper shots of our project uh, projects. And we're going to be submitting projects to the different um, organizations because now I'm kind of on this, uh, some of you know, I just won an HNA award. And it's super, super exciting, and I'm really honored. But it lit this fire that I'm like, I want one, I want, I want two, I want three, and I want one from the APPQ, and I want one from Landscape Ontario. <laughs> and I gotta, so I'm gonna be investing in that in the sense that I will be hiring professional photographers because, as well as I take my pictures and I have my drone and all that, nothing beats somebody who does this professionally and uh, submitting that. So I guess, in the sense, if we do, if it does, you know, um, result in, in, in any kind of awards uh, that is marketing in a sense that um, that we, we can't get now uh, without going that route. So that if I'm going to be spending money somewhere, that's where it's going to be this year. Uh, and it's that. actually very simple. Yep. It's very simple too. That's the thing. It's super simple. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies do great work are not submitting. Um, and, and it's a shame because there's, I mean, there's so many different organizations that um, that credit our business, and, and and we work really hard, and we deserve credit from time to time. And I feel like um, we don't acknowledge how much hard work we put into it. So the awards kind of show you that you're. Um, it just kind of gives you some kind of credibility too, and and I'm excited about that. So yeah, that that's where we spend my marketing dollars this year. I don't know of a budget. I don't know how much. <laughs> But I'm going to take it as it goes and uh, see what comes out of uh, the end of the funnel. Uh, Matt, continue there. Uh, you had cut off, so Craig kind of filled in the dead noise there. Oh, it's all good. Um, no, I was just saying uh, we hired a professional photographer, flew him in, actually. He found me on Instagram because I had put the plug out saying that I was looking for somebody to come take pictures of our projects. and worth every penny. I, I paid a small fortune for it, but now I've got a huge folder full of content to share and sprinkle out as I need it. And it just really leveled up our game completely. And so I, I would, I would second that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I did the same thing this year. So I had a six job shot this year, but, um, Next year, you know, with book jobs, I probably have eight I want to get shot, and then I'm going to have three shot during the process. Um, so, yeah, I think that that holds a ton of value in having a professional do that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's again, part of my marketing budget and where I budget dollars for is, um, is have that kind of stuff done. I would add in, if you're spending the money on a photographer, make sure you've got a, a day, night or two, where you can bring in people and fill your spaces with people, take them with and without. Cause we're not just selling pavers. We're not selling. Yeah. 
we're selling a lifestyle. For sure. And, and we want to invite people into that lifestyle. And, and when you bring people in there, they can relate to that and they can, it humanizes it. It's going to, you know, and then they could see themselves being friends with those people in the, in the photos. I mean, I, I didn't really capitalize on that in this photo shoot. I did some with my family, but some of those were my favorite photos. And so I, next summer when I try and do a couple more, I'm going to make sure that I'm bringing in more people into that so it can really sell that lifestyle and, and just show people that are happy spending time outside having that dinner party or, you know, roasting those marshmallows on those fire pits we built and show them how, you, how, how they can use that space that we're creating for them. Yeah. Dude, that is such Good an point. awesome idea. Great idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, like we're, we're selling an experience, like you said, Matt, I mean, it's, it's the memories, it's, um, it's outdoor living, we're not selling concrete, we're selling outdoor living, so I think, uh, I think that's a great point is to bring in, you know, like you said, either your family or actors, however it may be, but um, yeah, it's an awesome point. And that covers uh, the last question that I had for you guys as it came in the chat here. Do you pay for professional photo shoots? So some of us have already answered that. Dan, do you as, as well? Um, I don't. Um, I, um, it's because you're a baller on the camera. That's right. You got the... <laughs> um, I, I don't. I've, I, um, it's kind of like my little hobby. I got a, I got a drone and I got a, I got a nice camera. Um, and tripods and all kinds of gear. I like buying gear and all kinds of stuff like that. So I, it's kind of fun for me. I I'll pick a night and I'll go back to a job and, and really get into it and take some, and try to take, you know, some good pictures. And, and they, we've been fortunate. They we use a lot of those pictures every day when we're selling more jobs and we've website and Instagram and all that. And I'll, I'll agree with, uh, with Matt on that. Um, the something I got to get better at is I think, putting people in the pictures is going to be like a new goal for me. I just, I've been writing a whole list of notes here from this meeting. That's going to be a big one. I, I think um, seeing people in the spaces that we create and how they use them is the best way to sell them. And that's my big takeaway from, from this deal is um, I'm going to, I'm going to copy off Mr. Heiner here and, and might have to, might have to get a professional in here and, and uh, fill it full of people. I think that's great. Nice. Chris killed it for me. Highly recommend him. Yeah. I like him. Good deal. Uh, Craig, yourself, do you pay for photo shoots on your jobs? Uh, no, I, I, uh, I have an iPhone 11 and a <laughs> Mavic mini drone. And, uh, and then I, I, I have enjoyed kind of using those and doing some different, and I've, I kind of enjoy doing some video. Uh, I've kind of learned one of the things I did kind of when we got shut down was I just kind of goofed around with some video editing and some different things like that for something else I do. But, uh, it, it was just, it's just an opportunity for me to learn a new, something new. Obviously I don't have time to do it, but, um, it is, it is fun, but my brother is in production and, uh, and does some stuff. So he helps me do some, uh, doctoring up of the photos I take. And then he has a photographer he's going to put me in touch with here. Hopefully this spring when things green up and I have a few more jobs done, I'm going to go back and take some really killer pictures of the jobs we've done to help promote the future and we're we have a pool going in march so i'm going to try to get somebody there to do drone and you know some some different things in the process of that because i think that's a big people love seeing that stuff um so uh i'm, I'm hoping to get some of that stuff lined up as we go and, and definitely something that's on my radar definitely josh yourself 
no, just invested in the new iPhone with like or the Samsung with like Samsung. five cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Wide lens. <laughs> no. Uh, you yeah. know what? We've got our Go drone and things to get some different shots, but definitely need to invest more in the professional photography. We've got quite a few friends locally that do that and definitely want to incorporate that into the new website and advertising for sure. It's a big goal of ours is to improve that area. For sure. The Mavic is actually um, an amazing, like there's the, I have the Mavic Air. I know uh, to the Mavic uh, Mini, I, I haven't tried it, but um, DJI actually has an amazing software, an amazing platform that's super user friendly. Like I don't know anything about production, but with my little Mavic Air, I go up, I just film a bunch of stuff. And then there's an entire integrated editing software that auto edits a bunch of stuff for you. And then you can just grab snippets of it and move it over. So if anyone's like, for me, I have to say, uh, and I'm not getting paid for this, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> anyone wants is looking for a good drone. I feel like uh, the DGI platform is amazing for that. For like Absolutely. a beginner, it's it's great. Make great content. Um, and you want to get those shots anyway. So if you're investing in a drone, might as well be able to get some great content out of it as well. Yep. I, I did the mini because it was a good price, but also I've never flown a drone before and it's, it lands itself, it takes off itself. <laughs> you can, you can operate real easy. So it was, it was good for me. For sure. I want to try that follow feature. Did you know that? Oh, I don't have that on mine. Kinda... I wish I did. Yeah. I wish I did. Oh, but I, I don't, I never did it. I'm afraid that <laughs> my drone's just going to like <laughs> take off on me. <laughs> but, Be good for equipment uh, for like sure. Start... Yeah. yeah, it's gonna start following the wrong car and just you know head out of the <laughs> province. But uh, uh, but no, that's it. So like, there's stuff like that. So I definitely I, I always go up and I take my my pictures and I do random you know fly throughs. But I definitely want to get more action shots with the drone. And uh, I had a GoPro, which um, you know my wife said I'm, I'm buying it for nothing, and she's been absolutely right for three years. Uh, but I have all the attachments so this year i'm gonna try to like attach into my skid steer and my excavator and all that stuff and try to get a lot of action shots because it's exactly that someone had mentioned that that's what people want to see and it the, you know we see it every we've lost uh tony once again here so mike uh do you pay for photo shoots for your jobs uh i had a photographer come to a couple of our jobs that were um popular that people had good reactions to yeah. um, this year. We had um, someone from our biggest client staff do a couple drone flyovers when we were turning the parking lot into a park all summer. Nice. Um, and then uh, obviously I shoot, I shoot a ton of video and stuff myself and edit it. It's like a hobby, I guess, of mine. And then I have, I, I try to really leverage relationships with uh, manufacturers most of my best photography came from manufacturers paying to take pictures of our jobs this year we did a you know best way released a new slab so i just made sure i put it in one of our jobs right away and then they went and took pictures and used it in their marketing and gave me all the pictures so you know like i just i try to manipulate some of the manufacturers to get you know into the jobs we've been in three or four catalogs a whole bunch of times. And all that is, is just you constantly bugging them. It's got nothing to do with, you know, our jobs are, are $500,000 jobs or something. It's just, you know, I bug them all the time and pick the products that they wanted to see. And then 
inherited all those photographs from them. So that's one way we've done it in the past. But we did, we did, we did pay a photographer to go out and take some pictures this year. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us uh, for this. I've already held you up too long, so I just want to give you each of you the chance to just uh, for final thoughts on this subject. Anything from the the meeting that you took away, or whatever you want to leave the audience with, just let us know where we can find you online. Uh, Craig, do you want to kick things off here? Sure. Uh, thanks, everybody that's on here. This is a great uh this is a great networking opportunity for us and hopefully it's uh, beneficial to those that are watching and um i appreciate you having me um uh, so i'm on yeah i'm on uh i i am on instagram facebook and uh youtube and mostly what i'm doing on youtube is i'm trying to do uh i'm very big on education so i i like to uh, i'm trying to work on some content that will be educational uh, some processes of different things. We're doing quite a bit of porcelain and we're trying to do different installation methods with that so that people can see that it's not something you should be scared of. Uh, we're, we're cutting it, we're drilling it, we're doing as many things as we can uh, to be different, set ourselves apart. Um, but also I just, I enjoy educating on hardscapes and construction. So I'm gonna try to go that route, but I also put like time-lapse videos, things like that of our projects so people can see those uh, in a more of a longer you know space. Uh, but Instagram is what I do most of my stuff on, and I post everything on Facebook or finishing jobs usually. Nice. I'm oh, sorry, at Scheller, at Willoughby. Perfect. And over to you, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, anyone can find me at, at TPR Landscapes. Um, we're, we're, you know, one of our other goals this year, Not might not be our, our top goal, but uh, definitely be a little bit better on social media this year. Um, and uh, just want to thank everyone that was involved today. Uh, really enjoyed hearing all your answers, and I look forward to the meetings to come. Uh, I'll definitely make sure I'm a part of them. So talk to you all soon. Over to you, Dan. Yeah, I, uh, thanks for thanks for having me. It's an honor to be in in this group and and uh, with all these guys. And um, you can find me at um, uh, Instagram at the dot dan dot wasson and uh, at wasson nursery. And um, you know, a big takeaway is is there's a huge community of of landscapers and hardscapers that on especially on Instagram that um, you can learn from a bunch of people. You can ask direct questions. I get all kinds of messages and 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 I answer every one of them because uh, it's it's fun. I like doing it. And and uh, for example, like um, we had a Zoom. Uh, me and Heiner had a Zoom the other day where I had my team and him on a Zoom because I wanted to learn something that he did, and uh, it was excellent. And we're and I'll have to give you some updates soon, but we're we're working in that that production sheet. So it's just. I think it's just, it's really, it's really interesting. And, and I think it's useful that, uh, you know, as people are watching this, that they use the community. Um, there's a bunch of people on here that will help you. Incredible. And over to you, Josh. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, at Sutton Outdoor LLC on Instagram mostly. Next week, we're uh, flying down to Tampa, Florida to be a uh, part of the green industry hype house with Paul Jamison and Brian Fullerton and, Andy Mulder will be there with us. We're going to represent the hardscape industry down there. So me and Andy will be there at the end of the week. And uh, there's going to be a meetup at Armature Park down there in Tampa. So I'll be down there as well. And it'll be uh, fun. We're just going to collaborate and all hype each other up on Instagram and YouTube as well. I don't have a YouTube yet, but I'm 
hoping to grow one here soon. I got tied in with that group through Instagram, just building relationships, talking to people that I wanted to get to know. And now all of a sudden I got invited to that hype house. So it's pretty neat opportunity. They invited me down there and Brittany and Caleb Allman will be there as well. So I'm excited to go down there and meet everyone and put out some good content while we're there. And, uh, just look forward to future uh, rallies on this great show you've created. It's amazing. I love being a part of it. And Heiner, over to you. Awesome. Hey, uh, great time. Thanks, Mike and everybody. Um, Instagram's where you can find me, either at uh, the Yardist, the underscore Yardist, or uh, my business, uh, Heiner Outdoor Living. Um, and I appreciate being a part of this, this awesome group. So thanks. Yeah, and Mike, to you. Uh, I'm really grateful that you invited me to, to be with everyone. I mean, uh, it's an amazing group of people, and I'm, I'm really thankful. Um, you know, you can find me on almost any social media, at Paper King. Um, uh, but right now, we're working really hard to grow our OnlyFans account. So, we're <laughs> to log into then, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. We also just launched our MySpace page. You know, and it's not getting the kind of traffic I thought it would. So, um, you know, but no, seriously, anywhere at Paper King. Um, and, you know, get people come at me, please. Bring it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys, uh, you guys uh, welcoming me to the group. And, Tony, close us out here. Uh, yeah, where where uh, can we find you and any closing thoughts? Uh, at Zamco Group uh, on Instagram, where you can find us We're on Facebook as well. Uh, and we will be starting a YouTube channel in the uh, upcoming season once we create that content. Um, but uh, yeah, closing thoughts. I mean, I have to say that I love this group uh, of contractors, uh, great group of guys. I feel like we're all like-minded and we're all definitely here to make the industry a better place. Um, so, you know, I'm a really honored to be a part of it and I'm very glad you asked me to uh, join this group. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, you're doing a great thing, Mike, and keep it up. And everyone else, amazing work. Um, really excited to see what 2021 has in store. And really pumped to uh, get in on the rest of these uh, roundtable rallies, I believe we called it. Yeah. So, uh, guys, this was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Hey, I appreciate you, each and every one of you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We also had Caleb Amon here from Amon Landscape. He is Amon at Amon Landscape LLC on Instagram. He also has a YouTube channel that you should definitely go check out and go give these guys a follow. They have invested a lot of time into this and taking time out of their lives to do this. So I thank you guys uh, for even wanting to be with me here. And thank you to everyone that's listening, watching on YouTube live. These are going to be live. And uh, yeah, uh, we look forward to meeting you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.